This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. This is the Shameless Mom Academy episode 616. Show notes for this episode, including any links mentioned in the episode, can be found by going to shamelessmom.com and clicking on episode 616. Welcome to the Shameless Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean. I'm here to give you and other passionate, driven, unapologetic moms tools, resources, and a little bit of humor to help you lead more positive, powerful, and purposeful lives every damn day. One of the best things about the Shameless Mom Academy is our community. So be sure to join us in our free private Facebook group to connect with other shameless moms just like you. You can find us over at shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hello, shameless moms. Happy Monday. It's another Monday in January in the middle of a pandemic. How are we doing? (laughs) Should I ask you on a scale of one to five how full of joy you're feeling today? (laughs) I won't. I won't. If you want to self-reflect on that, feel free. I have been posting in my Instagram stories like things that are bringing me joy recently, and uh, mostly it's been Oreos, I'll be honest. We don't normally have Oreos in our house, and my sister-in-law was here and bought Oreos for a recipe she was making for this really fun special dessert. And she only needed a few of the Oreos and left us with many Oreos, which I didn't realize at first. And once I discovered them, I decided that it was time to start dipping Oreos in coffee every single day. So that's where things are at in my household. I had a friend, someone I'm working with at my son's school, on the parent association, we're co-sharing together. And he was asking me about the Oreos. And he's like, so is there like a daily goal with the Oreos? And I told him, there's a minimum, there's a daily minimum of two, if you really want to have like enough Oreo joy, but there's no maximum. So today, my goal is five. And I'll we'll see how it goes. I don't know. It might be a three Oreo day, it might be five. I mean, who knows, it could be seven. So maybe I'll check back in next week and let you know where I'm at with my daily Oreos for joy goal. But I just want to encourage you to have a similar goal every day. (laughs) Like, what is the thing that's going to bring you joy in hard times, and then go all in on that thing. 
as long as it's not creating harm, because there is definitely a point of diminishing returns when we use things, especially like food and alcohol to create joy, there's definitely a point of diminishing returns. So I want to give that one caveat. So that's how I'm at or where I'm at right now with creating joy for myself. And then just really finding those like very little things every damn day to make me smile, to bring me comfort. And I want to invite you to do the same. That's actually a huge part of mentorship, which was what we're going to talk about today, but like that no one tells you that sometimes you just have to like literally schedule joy. And sometimes the joy you're going to schedule includes having an Oreo goal. That's how I'm mentoring you today. And that sounds silly. And I'm being super serious that these are the things that we need to be modeling to moms who are managing over 660 days in a global pandemic that is more near the beginning than the end in terms of like the what's at stake right now in terms of like are our kids going to be in school and what's happening in terms like could our kids get sick and all of these things we've very much regressed to those early phases of the pandemic where that safety and stability security is really rocky right now and I want to just give you permission to really feel that and acknowledge that that is very very real because these are the kinds of things that we don't get permission for we have to be in go mode all the time and we have to be like ready to figure things out so quickly and so consistently that we don't have permission to just sit and say like, this is super hard and I need to sit down and eat some Oreos. So that's that. I also want to thank you. I got so many great messages after my appearance on Dr. Phil and I wanted to just address it for a minute from two angles. So first of all, I was on Dr. Phil. I talked about critical race theory. They had asked for, they had been put a call out to have white moms who were pro-race education in schools come on the show. And my dear friend, Laura Cathcart Robbins invited me on and it was a really fascinating, fascinating experience. And so I got a ton of great feedback. So thank you all for your generosity. There's two things I want to touch on. First of all, someone DM'd me and said like, FYI, Dr. Phil, like mm, question mark. Here's the thing. When someone puts out a call to ask me as a white mom, my thoughts on race education in schools, I will show up for that conversation all day, every day in any location. If I think there's any chance that someone might listen and become a better ally. So that's why I said yes to that invitation. And I would say yes to that invitation in all sorts of news outlets that promote all kinds of news and stories that I don't necessarily agree with and that aren't aligned with my beliefs if I think there's a possibility of creating more space for allyship. So I want to address that because I think that's really important when we look at like who decides to use their voice in different ways and how people decide to use their voices. I think it's important that we talk about those pieces. The other thing I want to say is that so many of you were very flattering and complimentary and kind and saying, oh, you're so brave and thank you so much and thank you for using your voice. And I just want to extend the invitation for all of you to use your voices too. And it should not be brave for a white woman to talk about race and to talk about the importance of race in schools and having conversations around race white women need to be leading that charge. And so while I appreciate the really thoughtful feedback, this is not like a time for us to tiptoe around bravery because black lives depend on white women leading this charge. And there's all sorts of research and data to back that up. So I want to make it really clear that while I appreciate all of the support and it has been really I mean, just incredible. I also want to invite you all to be brave too and not see it as a brave act to stand up for Black lives. That should just be something that we're doing all the time because that's 
the values that we stand in. And if you stand in those values, I understand that it can be uncomfortable to speak up, but I want to challenge you to start doing that in ways that might be a little uncomfortable and practice stretching your own brave muscles a bit because how great would it be if it didn't have to be a brave act for white women to stand up for black lives? So I'll leave that there. And just again, thank you for all the support around that topic. And if you're curious about what happened on Dr. Phil and you want to see part of the conversation, if you go to YouTube and you put in Dr. Phil critical race theory, you'll see there's, I think there's a handful of clips from the episode. There's a clip specifically with me in it that really kind of highlights everything I said on the show. And then you can kind of piece together the whole episode if you watch all of the clips on there. I think there's three of them total. So that is that. Okay. So we're going to talk about why moms need more mentorship. I have just given you a whole bunch of mentorship in this episode (laughs) around how to be an ally and how to create joy and how to eat more Oreos. So if you already are like, oh yeah, these are valuable things. This is why we need more mentorship, right? Moms need mentorship. It's absolutely not okay that this isn't just built into our society and into our structures and into the way that in systems and the ways that we support mothers. Moms need mentorship desperately and we're not getting it anywhere really. Because as a culture, we leave moms to fend for themselves with ridiculously frugal resources to support their physical and mental health in the early years of motherhood. So then moms are left feeling lonely and isolated as they care for their babies, sometimes desperately lonely and isolated, and they have nowhere to turn. And this can last for years. And sometimes it can be like a whole decade. If you have three babies in close proximity, you can spend a number of years in this space of feeling lonely and isolated and not having the support that you need for your own health because moms don't have mentorship. And in the absence of mentorship, moms feel like they're failing. They feel like everyone else has it all figured out and they feel like they just need to like, quote unquote, be strong or pull themselves up by their bootstraps, try harder. And that's not true. It's not that you need to try harder. You're working really hard already. It's that you need more support, more tools and more guidance. When there is no guidance, let alone connection, companionship, or camaraderie for struggling moms, then we have a problem. There's no clear path through hard days or hard seasons, and there's no normalization of how incredibly hard motherhood is. There are plenty of beautiful Instagram accounts that suggest that you should be camera ready all time at all times with your babies and that you should be hustling to post your baby's milestones in the cutest way possible. And you should also be sharing your career wins and how great your life is and your amazing vacations. But there's no permission for you to be chronically overwhelmed and overstimulated, chronically exhausted to the point of disorientation and chronically disconnected to your former sense of self to the point of anxiety and or depression. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book, Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. 
Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. So I'm here to say enough already. And in this episode, I want to break down why moms are missing out when they don't have mentorship, the harm that we perpetuate as a society that doesn't prioritize mother's needs, and then five ways for you to find the connection and the mentorship that you're likely craving. Okay, so let's dig in. First things first, there's five things that I came up with that we are missing when we don't have mentorship. So when moms don't have mentorship, we are losing out on the opportunity in the space to normalize how hard the juggle is. So we normalize how hard the juggle is. And instead, we assume that everyone else just like knows these tips and secrets to do it better than us. We lose out on companionship and camaraderie. So when we don't have people normalizing how hard it is, and we don't have someone else saying, I'm having a hard time too, we don't have that companionship and that camaraderie of like, oh my gosh, like I got your back. Mama, I'm with you. Things are hard. I know it's really hard or the season that you're in is hard, but it gets better or here's what worked for me or let me bring you dinner. When we don't have any of that, we miss out on this opportunity for connection around companionship and camaraderie that can be so incredibly supportive and so incredibly essential to our mental well-being and our really basic needs for human connection and for human and reflection in terms of seeing ourselves reflected in one another. We're also losing out on a clear path to get through hard days and hard seasons. So every journey through motherhood, every day is different and it's gonna look different for different people. So no one can say like, oh, your baby's three months old, here's exactly what you should do because we all know every three month old has very different needs and every three month old, even from hour to hour is gonna have different needs. But what we can do is create a support system where moms with three-month-olds get to be with each other and get to lean on each other. Or moms with three-month-olds are mentored by professionals who can say, you're in a really hard season. Give yourself a break. Here's how you can do that. Here's how you can ask for support. Here's how you can support your baby in a really hard season and also support yourself in a hard season. We also, in not having mentorship, lose out on the confidence that there are no right answers. So if we knew confidently that there's no right answers, we would give ourselves so much more room to approach motherhood from a variety of different angles and be confident that there's not one way, but instead we feel like there is a right way and we're never quite doing it right, but like everyone else knows the right way. And if we had that confidence that there's no right answers, then maybe we would recognize like, well, there's no right answer so I can be more creative in how I make it through a hard season. I know for me, when Vinny was really little and I had so many issues with nursing, I literally, because I kept getting mastitis and I had major clogging issues with my ducts with breastfeeding, I didn't put on a bra for three months. 
But I very much felt like, oh my God, like nobody can know this or come to my house. And like my boobs were massive. I was a 32G. So that's like a narrow frame with boobs wider than wide. And I was like, nobody is telling me that that's okay to like just be in pajamas for months on end. Instead, I felt like I was this like really gross sloth because I was like one another day, another pajama top. <laughs> like, and it was a dehumanizing experience is what I can say. Like it was dehumanizing to live that way. But it was the only way that I could make my milk not clog was to like not put on a bra and take 30 supplements, 30, three zero supplements a day. And I just felt like like there must be a right answer and I just don't know what it is. And I also don't know how I'm going to make it through this. And like, when do I get to get dressed again? And so I had no confidence around the right answers. I figured there was a lot of right answers and I no one was giving me the script. Also, we don't have any confidence around the fact that we won't completely mess our kids up. So what if we knew that there was no right answers and that we will make it through hard seasons and that we will not mess up our kids beyond repair? We're all going to mess our kids up to some extent. And also, they're going to be able to fix their stuff for the most part. And we don't need to be responsible for everything that might potentially, quote unquote, mess up our kids, right? All of our kids are going to be a product of their genetics and their environment. And there's only so many things that we can control. But when they're really little, the burden of doing it right is so high. And we put so much pressure on ourselves. And what if we had a mentor that said, you don't need to do that, that you're going to make mistakes and your kids are still going to be okay. And then the last thing we miss out on, the fifth thing that we miss out on with not having mentorship is a connection to shared experiences. I know that when I was trying to get pregnant, I would read forums and we were going through infertility stuff and I would read forums and it was so comforting to read other people's stories around like, okay, we did this five times and that four times and this treatment and this drug and like all these things. And it was like, oh my gosh, these people are speaking my language because I was in it. And when after Vinny was born, it took me a hot minute and by a hot minute, I mean a long time <laughs> to find people who I had a shared experience with. And so for the first few months, it was really, really hard. My other friends who had babies that age had really easy babies and I did not have an easy baby. And then I finally got into a parenting group where all of us were like, this is super hard. Nobody said it would suck this much. <laughs> like we love our babies. They're amazing. And also what in the world is happening? And that connection to shared experience was a lifesaver. And so if you're in Seattle, PS, if you're in Seattle, get into PEPS, P-E-P-S, in the greater Seattle area, it's an amazing group for new parents where they match you up with people in your neighborhood with babies born in the same time frame. And it's an incredible way to get that connection to shared experiences. Because when we don't have that connection to shared experiences, that sense of isolation can be absolutely debilitating. It is so incredibly oppressive feeling if you feel like you are not doing anything right, you can't figure anything out, and you don't have anyone to turn to or anyone to mentor you through or guide you through those really hard times. So what are we harmfully perpetuating when moms don't have mentorship? We're harmfully perpetuating, number one, a sense of isolation. We're keeping moms in isolation. And we know motherhood is really isolating. And we as a society willfully perpetuate that. We don't do anything to support moms in those early months. We're also perpetuating the illusion that others have it figured out when we don't because we're not connecting moms to other moms and services and mentors and guides, people who can provide guidance. Then we always feel like everyone else knows the secrets and I don't. So we're perpetuating this illusion that people have it figured out or that you should have it figured out. And like, what's wrong with you? 
This is a really natural thing. Millions of women do this all the time, every single day. Like, why are you acting like it's so hard? These are the things we say in our heads, right? We're also harmfully perpetuating the fallacy that we should just be strong and pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. This was like so acute for me when Vinny was teeny tiny. There was a night when he was about five weeks old. So he was five weeks old and I was so tired and it was dinner time. It was like five or six o'clock. And I was like, oh my God, like, what are we going to make for dinner? Okay, now beware. I could have at any point said to my husband, like, hey, can you just figure dinner out? And he 100% would have. But I was like, I should just be strong. Like I can figure out some dinner real quick. He was still working. He was home, but he was working down in the basement. So I was like, oh, just figure this out. And I remember I was like, I'm just making grilled cheese sandwiches. And I remember standing in the kitchen and thinking, I am so tired. I don't know if I can stand here and make these sandwiches. But then I was like, what is wrong with you? Like, just be strong. It's grilled cheese sandwiches. Like, <laughs> It's not hard. And I very much it was in this moment of like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, put on your big girl pants and make the damn sandwiches. Like, get over yourself. You are fine. You can do this. It's just grilled cheese. And what ended up happening is I made the sandwiches. We went to bed. I was, or I went to bed. He, I'm sure he stayed up. I was so exhausted. That night, I woke up when Vinny started crying at like midnight, one in the morning. And I went in to change his diaper and I ended up passing out in the middle of changing his diaper, which was incredibly terrifying for my husband who walked in and found me laying on the floor. And we ended up finding out. So we went to the emergency room to figure out why I had passed out because I've never in my life passed out before. And of course, I was like, oh my God, did I just have a heart attack? Like it was so incredibly scary. My husband was also like, am I about to become a single dad? And so we went to the emergency room with our five-week-old baby in a bucket seat in the middle of the night. And we were at the ER for like five hours, which was real fun (laughs) and all to learn that I had mastitis and I had this infection and I had a fever. And that's why I felt so incredibly exhausted. That's why I could barely make grilled cheese sandwiches. But through that whole experience, I was like, buck up, be strong, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like, come on, it's just sandwiches. Well, the reality is that I was super sick and I had no idea. So we promote this fallacy that like we should just like grit our way through it and we really shouldn't. We should have mentors that say like, if you feel really tired, then you should lay down. You should ask for help. We should have mentors that say like, hey, actually mastitis is really common. And here's what you should be looking out for in case you might like since then, when Vinny was tiny, I had no one I knew had mastitis. And I swear to God, every single person now that I talk to who's been through breastfeeding had like either had mastitis or like a mastitis scare where it was like the start of an infection. And people are like, oh my God, no one tells you about this. Nobody tells you about how awful mastitis can be. And I went through that three times. And I was just like, oh my God, there's something wrong with the way my body makes milk that I keep getting these infections. The other thing that we're harmfully perpetuating is the really high risk of anxiety and depression for women and moms. And it's so interesting. In the six years, almost six years since I started the podcast, postpartum depression, PPD, has been definitely on my radar since the beginning. And in circles of moms, pretty openly talked about in the circles that I'm in and in the people who've come on the podcast. It's not like unknown or uncommon or taboo at all. But what's really interesting to me is that postpartum anxiety has been coming up much, much more. Postpartum psychosis, postpartum, like all these other postpartum PTSD from traumatic birth experiences, all sorts of mental health crises that go beyond postpartum depression that are still really rarely talked about, but is get coming to be much more widely known to be really common. I hear about postpartum anxiety all the time now, 
never heard about it when Vinny was little and when I started this show. So Vinny's almost, he's nine and a half. The show's almost six years old. And I literally had heard about it like one time with an early guest that we had on the show. And I can tell you now, like going into being me since the age of eight, I already had anxiety. Going into pregnancy, already had anxiety. Having a newborn in my house, already had anxiety. So do you think my risk for postpartum anxiety was high? Yeah, kinda. <laughs> and so when we don't have mentorship and people supporting us on an ongoing basis beyond like our doctors who we don't see that often, then we run the risk of this anxiety and depression not being recognized, not being spoken about, and not being managed and solved, taken care of, whether that's through connection and mentorship or whether that's through like therapy and medicine we run the risk of this just being a part of our lives when it doesn't have to be. And obviously it can be extremely harmful to be having to sit with that long-term if you are clinically diagnosable with clinical postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, postpartum psychosis, any of those kinds of things. So what are the antidotes to not having mentorship, not having this connection, not having guidance? The first, I'm going to give you five ideas here. So if you're like, holy cow, <laughs> this is resonating. And I also want to say, this is not just about like postpartum, because yes, this can be, all of this can be extremely acute postpartum. And this can continue for years and years and years. Because mothers are not supported in the early phases of motherhood, it impacts greatly the later phases of motherhood, because we don't get that support early on, and we don't learn how to learn on people, and we don't learn how to lean on people, and we don't learn about community resources, then it impacts and definitely shades how we mother in later years and how we care for ourselves as mothers in later years. So this is not just like advice for if you have a newborn, this is advice across the board. So keep listening. <laughs> so the antidote for all of this for not having mentorship is to find peer groups. Where are the other groups of moms in your community, whether that's your local community or in your online space where you spend time online, finding peer groups. And I want to give you a little bit of guidance for this because I think there's like just finding like a group of moms in a Facebook group is not always the right fit. Being really specific. And I know some people who I've had the pleasure and honor of working with moms and with children with various needs. And I know the gifts they have found in finding groups really specific to their kids' needs. So specifically like moms who have children with autism, finding peer groups with other moms who have children with autism. Or same thing, I have clients who have children with Down syndrome, finding peer groups for parents with children with Down syndrome. So finding needs like that, or it could be like parents of teens or parents of tweens. So finding people that are, and moms who are in your community that have whose needs match your needs, whether it is a unique need to your child's needs or a unique need to the phase that your child might be in, or a unique need to maybe your parenting situation. So maybe it's single moms, or maybe it's LGBTQ plus moms, or maybe it's black moms. It, so as specific as you can get to find that peer group, the better. And so that's my first suggestion for you. And that might be doing a Google search and finding groups that meet up in your city. It might be doing Facebook group searches and finding groups on social media. So there's that. Another might be finding groups based on specific core values. So this is another one you can decide on specific core values. So this might be finding mom groups that are specific to your religion or specific to other beliefs that you have, whether it is around like specific beliefs around race or culture or LGBTQ plus rights or women's rights or what I mean, like 
show me like the group of like Seattle feminist moms, like sign me up. So the groups where you're like, yes, these people are aligned with my values and they're going to be mothering in a way that is aligned with me. It might be like moms for like, I don't know, enriched literacy. I mean, it can be, or like moms for, with kids who love math. Like Vinny is showing an aptitude for math. He loves math. He's really funny about it. I don't know that he's like exceptional at it, but he just really enjoys it. So that's what I mean when I say he's showing an aptitude, but I'm like, oh my gosh, like where's like the moms of mathletes? <laughs> Seattle moms of mathletes. Like maybe I need to form that group. So where can you find groups based on specific values or needs of your family right now? And then finding those places in even hyper-local ways. So one of the things that I've seen that's been really cool, which I did not do this when Vinny was little and I wish I did, but there's hyper-local Facebook groups that I'm in for parents that are like parent groups of a certain neighborhood. And I'm always super impressed when people post really specific things. So I've seen this happen multiple times where mom will be like, hey, I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and I live in XYZ neighborhood. And we need to make more friends at the park. And so we're going to show up at ABC Park and every Monday and Wednesday at 10 p.m. And any other parents who have like kids in the one or three-year-old age range, if you want to just like come hang out, drink coffee and like let our kids play together, just show up. And anytime I see these posts, the threads underneath are like, oh my God, I'm there. I've been waiting for this. I'm dying to get out of my house. Like I need to find my people. It's just amazing how these threads blow up when one person extends that offer or that potential for connection into the community. Another one I've seen is where a mom will post like, hey, I'm a mom in whatever neighborhood and I need a walking buddy who like a mom who is from whatever neighborhood who wants to walk at like 6 a.m. or 5 p.m. or on their lunch hour or whatever the thing might be. But just like having that commonality of being a mom in the neighborhood and finding a walking buddy. And I actually growing up babysat for a woman who did that. She had a walking buddy and they walked at like 6 a.m. every day for years. And it was like just two moms who lived in the neighborhood and they would get up and walk every day. And it was like totally their therapy. So using groups in that way to like find your people in that way. So that's finding your mom peer groups. Number two is connecting with your parent groups in your kids' schools and activities. So I completely dropped the ball on this when Vinny was in preschool. We were in the same preschool for four years. And I knew in that first year that like we would likely stay for four years. But I was like, that's only four years. Like, I don't need to make friends here. And in the last year, I did make some friends and they were so awesome. And I was so annoyed with myself that I didn't push myself to make those friends earlier because it could have impacted that experience, which was a hard experience for us. Vinny had a lot of rough moments in preschool and daycare. And it would have been really great to have some friends, a peer group of mom friends in that school that where we could have been like having that connection and camaraderie throughout that experience. So where can you be connecting? And I will say when we moved to our new school, when Vinny went into kindergarten, we're in a K-8 school. And I immediately was like, okay, these are my people for nine years. Like I'm diving in. Like who wants to be my friend? <laughs> like, who wants to hang out? And that's been really, really great. So definitely through your kids' schools or activities to whatever level makes sense for you, do that. Maybe it's that you know your kid's going to be playing on the same soccer team for X amount of years. Like like, who are those mom friends that you want to hang out with there? So making connections there can be really fun. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, 
we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. Third way that you can find mentorship and connection is by joining programs for moms with common values. So joining programs for moms, this is different than joining a group. So joining a peer group is like, we're just going to show up and hang out and it's going to like not really structure to it, right? Joining a program means that there will actually be mentorship and guidance and hopefully like really great ongoing support. So programs might be like the PEPS group that I talked about that was for parents with newborns that I joined. It could also be something like Momentum Mamas. So our membership community, Momentum Mamas, we bring together moms who are looking to build courage and confidence in order to become action takers. Those are moms working on a specific set of values at that time in their lives. And when I, we bring those people together, although they come from all walks of life, they are really working on this common goal of building courage and confidence and practicing courage and confidence in order to become better action takers. So they're working together on those goals in a variety of ways, but they get to champion one another and cheerlead one another. And it's an incredibly empowerful, empowering, enriching, and really transformational experience. So by the way, Enrollment for Momentum Mamas is opening up tomorrow, if you're listening to this in live time. So it's opening up on Tuesday, January 18th. I'm like double checking my calendar. So if you want information on that, just get on our email list. If you go to shamelessmom.com slash newsletter, you'll get all the information in email. That's shamelessmom.com slash newsletter. So if you're looking for mentorship in that way, in that capacity, that might be a great option for you. So looking for programs where you're in a group with people being guided through a process or guided through uh, being led and advised in a specific way toward growing in a certain direction or toward showing up and learning something similar with another group of with a group of moms where there's the commonality is that you're coming together to improve yourself in a certain way or learn something together or grow in a certain way together. My fourth antidote is create your own group. So we often think we have to go find these groups and they can be really hard to find. And sometimes you're like, I don't want that one. So I've given examples before of this. One of my favorite examples was my good friend who wanted to start a knitting group. And she was like, she just put out a call to like her mom friends like, hey, I'm a mom who doesn't know how to knit. And I think it'd be fun to have like a mom's knitting circle. 
and she created her own knitting group. I have a client, a member in Momentum Mamas right now who started a walking group. She's like, hey, I want to get up and walk in the morning. Who else in this area would love to walk with me? Here's where we're going to meet. Here's when it's going to be. And she has this amazing walking group now that meets very regularly and they love everything that she's set up. And now she's like, hmm, what else could I do with this group? She's like getting thoughtful and creative and entrepreneurial with this walking group. So create your own group. You can go about that in so many different ways. I just gave you ideas around like Seattle feminist moms or what was Seattle mom mathlete, Seattle mathlete moms. Like you can create your own groups and then invite people into them. And you'd be surprised. It can feel vulnerable to make that invitation, but you would be surprised how many people will show up and raise their hand to be like, oh, hell yes, I need this group. I need this place to connect. Anytime I've put a call out for something where I'm like, hey, can any do any moms want to connect on XYZ? Even if it's just three or four people, that intimacy can be incredible and incredibly transformational. So you don't need to have like 40 people say yes. Just a couple yeses can be all you need to really start something that can be really life-giving. And then my fifth antidote is therapy. <laughs> and so I just once again want to talk about if you are feeling this sense of isolation and you are feeling like really feeling like, oh my gosh, I just have to be strong all the time and I don't know if I can do it. Therapy is absolutely a fantastic and appropriate place to be seen, to be held, to be heard, and to be championed. And I always want that to feel like it is an option for you because I think that sometimes we think things have to be to like a certain level of bad or a certain level of hard for therapy to be the next right choice. And therapy can always be an option. And therapy can help you see how some of these other things can benefit you and how some of these other things could be really impactful to your life when you can't see that for yourself. So that is how, or that is why moms need more mentorship. That is the harm we're perpetuating when we don't provide mentorship to moms. And then those are five antidotes to the lack of mentorship that we have. So five ways that we can create mentorship and community and connection among moms to impact the way that we show up in motherhood, for us to feel connected, for the hardness of motherhood to feel normalized, and for us to be championed as the really incredibly powerful, giving, generous people that we are. If this episode has been helpful, please share it because I know there's a lot of moms who really need to hear this episode. This is a really important one. So I know I'm always like, share it and tag me. This is a really important one. So please do share this one out, tag me, challenge yourself to share this with like three or four mom friends who might just like be in the weeds this week. I appreciate you sharing the show because every time you share the show, there's an opportunity for us to bring more shameless moms into this community and support them and give them mentorship so that they can feel powerful in their lives every damn day. So thank you for showing up. Thank you for sharing the show. I appreciate you so much. And I can't wait to be back here on Wednesday with a fantastic interview. Thank you so much for joining me in the Shameless Mom Academy today. I really, really appreciate you being here and I hope you learned something new. As always, this conversation will be continued over in our free private Facebook group. You can join that group by going to shamelessmom.com forward slash Facebook to connect with other shameless moms just like you. Additionally, if this is your first time listening to the show, know that we are here every Monday and Wednesday with a brand new episode. So make sure you subscribe, go to whatever podcast app you use and subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can do that directly if you go to shamelessmom.com forward slash review. That will put you in Apple Podcasts where you can click on the subscribe button and you can also leave a review. If you scroll down a little bit, you can leave a five-star review. You can write a few sentences letting me know what you thought about the show. If you let me know how the show has impacted you in becoming a more shameless mom, you might be nominated to be Shameless Mom of the Week. 
Also, please share this episode. My goal is to help more mamas be more shameless every damn day. So please do share this episode. You can take a screenshot of the episode on your phone and then share it out on social media. Tag me at the Shameless Mom Academy on Facebook or Instagram. I'm quick to reply and eager to send you Facebook love and love to be connected to all of you. So again, thank you for being here. I can't wait to be back here again with you in just a couple days. And until then, no matter what you do today, make sure you do it shamelessly. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff.